0: Okay. hello hello good to see you um uh, how's your week you. going how's your week um, going Gina? uh
1: well, it didn't start off great um i went for the bike ride on sunday the first time i've taken my road bike out in a really long time i don't remember and um we went down to oceanside and then just oh. uh, there's like a bike path it was around like um, like seven miles one way to the beach and did then you we got lunch. drive
0: there or did you? Yeah,
1: we we uh, drove, away. yeah, we drove there, then did the bike ride for about like seven miles one way, had lunch, rode back, seemed fine. <laughs> I woke up yesterday and I think I could, like barely lift my head, like uh, my shoulder, like my back, every, my neck, everything hurts so bad. I've been popping tons of ibuprofen and Oh man. He- heating pad and ice pack. <laughs> I'm like, this- what the
0: hell? I just, To a much lesser degree. I think, I mean, at least you like rode 14 miles, you (laughs) know, like I took my electric out like a couple weeks ago to pick up the kids and it's like maybe four miles one way. So like eight miles total. And I was so sore when I woke up the next day. It was weird. I'm like, that did not seem strenuous at all. But my body is just like, oh, you're too old for this crap. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it oh god well that's cool that you got a good ride in yeah it was is nice it, um hmm? is it flat
1: like oh you... it's super flat yeah okay. i mean there's a few areas where there's like kind of there's like dips but you go down first so it's like not as hard to get back up nice. yeah it's mostly mostly flat yeah um, but the weather just sucks over there <laughs> it was like beautiful sunny day
0: here and as soon as you get like close to the beach it's just all gray it's all gray yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you got that ocean layer yeah It's been um, cool here. Like it's it's finally starting to get nice, um, so that's awesome. But like that's the benefit of like having a late June birthday is that like pretty much guarantee that the weather is always going to be good on your birthday. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my birthday's on Friday, and I'm working because I have like clinic on Friday. But um, yeah, looking forward to a great week. My last weekend was fine. (laughs) It's just. oh moms know that like weekends are not really like time off ever it's just you work for free (laughs) (laughs) um so it was kind of busy um and then i had like a mommy auto day on monday it was supposed to be ozzy but ozzy was being a real pill and i'm like i don't want to if, it's, if the morning's already starting off bad with Ozzy, forget it. So I asked him if he wanted to go to school, and he said yes. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to ask you twice, so just go to school. But I took Otto, because Otto's dying to go. And um, we went to the Academy of Science, where they have this really cool dinosaur exhibit. And it was fun, but, man, I was exhausted. We went to the Academy of Science uh, for, like, four hours. We went to the Stowe Lake and did paddle boating. And by we, I mean me. Yeah, (laughs) I paddled and he just kept on leaning into the water. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're going to fall out. Um, And then we stopped at world market, but it was like a full day and he came home happy, but still like super hyper. Like he got a like second wind. Yeah. I guess. Um, So he was hyper and Ozzy came home hyper. And I was like dead tired (laughs) from doing all that. So the kids have been just, I, I don't know if they're going through like a growth spurt or something, but they're both super out of control right now. Um, so every time I think I've got a little bit of a handle on like being a boy mom, like another curveball, and I'm just like not ready for this or not <laughs> not equipped to deal with all of the um, activity and energy. So um, pray that my birthday goes smoothly. <laughs> Do you guys have any I'm, plans? I'm still debating. Do I even want to bring my family or not? Like we don't have hard plans yet, Um, but what I want to do is, so Friday I have to work. That's my birthday. Um, I have a clinic that day. And then Sunday we have another birthday uh, for a kid, a birthday party. So I was thinking Saturday we would do something for my birthday. And I was thinking of like renting an electric boat out here mm-hmm. in Alameda because they have these really cool little boats with like the little cover on it and you can fit like 10 people um it's becoming a like a pain in the butt to kind of like schedule with people this is why i don't do anything on my birthday ever i hate doing any work related to coordinating people i hate it fucking hate it um but i'm kind of like do i even want to bring my kids maybe i just want to go by myself like (laughs) this is why i don't do anything on my birthday anymore it's such a pain in the butt to be like when's everyone free for dinner when's you know like
1: yeah
0: and then people ask like what are you doing for your birthday i'm like Honestly, I don't want to do anything. Like, I would be happy to do nothing. (laughs) You know, just get a a hotel room for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like, just rent the boat and do do like a a three hour cruise by myself. You know, but yeah, I do want a hotel room for myself. Like, I always (laughs) ask for that for Mother's Day, and I never get it. So next year. um actually i do want to try that um uh what is it called resort pass thing my friend does it there's like more resorts down in san diego like in southern california that participate in this but like uh, i think it's called resort pass it's basically where you can like pay for a day pass to use some of the amenities at like a hotel and sometimes they have like daytime rates for mm-hmm. a hotel room if you do want to just do what i want to do with, which is like sit in a private hotel room reading a book <laughs> and just be left alone for a while so I'm going to give that a try. Yeah. But generally speaking, um, I, I'm like close to the age where you just don't even like remember that it's your birthday anymore. Um, so, yeah, i for the plan. Um, so one of the cool things about my birthday is that it is during Pride Month. I love pride. I love the festivities. I love the energy. I love um, everything that it represents and um i'm so lucky to live in california especially like in the bay area um we used to live in san francisco we would always go to the pride celebration which is chaotic (laughs) um you know since the pandemic and since having two kids we haven't done it yet i have taken Otto when he was um, like two two or three i think it was pretty fun but um i don't know i'm thinking about going again this year which would actually probably be on my birthday on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if we're going to go, but um excited to celebrate pride. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about some of the things that you might have seen in um, the news regarding businesses providing services for weddings, um, specifically weddings for gay marriages. Right. Um, the best way to kind of understand what the state of the law or the thought behind um businesses enforcing maybe their religious expression against providing services to gay couples is to kind of like start at the top right so let's talk about what the status is at the supreme court level um do you want to start with what what has the supreme what is the supreme court stance on businesses um exercising their free speech right to refuse service to gay couples.
1: So yeah, as it stands now, they've um they've yet to rule on business free
0: speech issues. Um okay. so and and we're talking about free speech because religion exercising or, or like choice, religious choice and religion falls under free speech. Okay, so this is a First Amendment issue. You'll hear us kind of like going back and forth between First Amendment and free speech. That's really what the First Amendment is talking about. I think the most famous case um, that I think most people think about is the cake cases, right? Like there's the Oregon cake case, there's the Colorado cake case. Um, we're gonna talk about the the Colorado one, okay? Um, Colorado, like California, has an anti-discrimination law which protects sexual orientation as a class. And so when we're talking about as a a class a protected class that is um a legally defined group of people that are protected from discrimination under the law okay so sexual orientation is one that some states have Um, the federal laws uh protect against um certain classes as well like uh religion um is gender gender isn't one under the feds law right it's under the state law that gender is race religion um oh my god i should really know these things constitutional law is a long time yeah basic the basics (laughs) the ones that you all know and the important thing to note about that is that the federal protections are the minimum okay so a state can expand those protections and protect more classes of people but it cannot lessen the protections it can't say like in california that No, race is not going to be considered a protected class. That's going to be preempted under federal law, meaning that the federal laws will trump over the state laws in that type of situation. But states are allowed to make more protections for their people. Yeah. Yeah. It's the floor, not the
1: ceiling, right? Yeah.
0: Yes, Exactly. (laughs) So the Supreme Court, when it ruled in favor of the banker in that Colorado case, and and let me just go back, the baker refused to um, make a cake for a same-sex wedding, and uh, the couple sued. And when the state uh, commissioner, I think they went through administrative law court, the state commissioner was the one that made the decision as to whether the baker was allowed to... Um, turn down the services or not. And they, you know, under enforcing the Colorado state law. Um, in doing so, <laughs> they, you know, they made some statements that the Supreme Court took into consideration when it was making its ruling. So starting at the top, when the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Baker, it ruled that the state level administrators who ruled against the Baker, did so with impermissible hostility to religion in violation of the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment. So the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment refers to separation of church and state. Okay. To be clear, this decision does not rule in favor of the business's assertion that it has the right to refuse services on the basis of sexual orientation. It only addresses the state's methods of implement- implementation of the anti-discrimination law. Um, so that begs the question, what did the state do? <laughs> like basically, so the way that this lawsuit looks like is is the state, the the baker versus the state, right? So the the couple sued the baker first. The state, uh, or they raised the issue with the administrative law. The state then said,, um, yeah, Baker, you're wrong. You need to provide this service to the couple. Then the baker sued the state um on the basis of its its right to free speech. Um, so now the case is the level that we're talking about is Baker v. the state. Okay. Um so the Supreme Court is kind of like ruling between the two. Um the decision from the court was based on a few things that they they looked at um, on how the state handled the case, because they're saying that the state's method of implementation of the anti-discrimination law was hostile. It was impermissibly hostile. Like they were basically kind of um, discriminating against the baker's right to religion. Yeah. So do you want to talk about like what what happened? <laughs> like it begs the question of like, well, what did the state do? Yeah, that was so impermissible.
1: Yeah. So um, someone from the state uh, made a comment saying he can believe what he wants to believe, but he cannot act on his religious beliefs if he wishes to do business in the state. So the Supreme Court is saying that that statement um, was hostile to religion.
0: I would agree with that. Like, I feel like that is pretty aggressive in the beginning, like saying he can believe what he wants to believe you know mm-hmm. like it's kind of dismissive of the idea that this person has religious beliefs even though yeah. like objectively those words are not dismissive it's the connotation of the the phrase as a whole i i think is pretty aggressive yeah what else
1: um another one was freedom of religion and religion has been used to justify all kinds of discrimination throughout history whether it be slavery whether it be the holocaust whether it be I mean, we we can list hundreds of situations where freedom of religion has been used to justify discrimination. And to me, it is one of the most despicable pieces of rhetoric that people can use
0: to use their religion to hurt others. And that's what one of the commissioners said when they were making yeah. the ruling against the baker. So, I mean, if you thought the first one was egregious, like to me, this one's super aggressive. Like, it, it, you know, this person's kind of saying thoughts that I have in my head. But to say that, like in an administrative law hearing, when you're making a, a judgment and using this as the basis to what you know for which you're making your judgment is pretty, um, yeah, that's hostile. Yeah, I, I, no, I agree, definitely. It
1: clearly seems like he's uh, a little anti-religious.
0: <laughs> yeah, this person yeah. is making a statement about religion. Like, right yeah. they're they're saying that it's despicable to me um, that people use religion to hurt others, and and and. I, that's not what is happening in this situation. I don't think they're trying to hurt them. It's this person clearly has a bone to pick with the whole institution of like religion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, the court also found hostility to religion because the commission in other cases had rejected challenges to bakers who had refused to bake cakes with met- messages they found offensive. This one we had a
0: hard time oh, kind of yeah. wrapping our head around, but if you think about it this way. Well, they're saying that like let's say and these are hypotheticals, right? Um if a client asked a cake baker to write a swear word on the cake and the baker refused to do it, in that situation they ruled in favor of the baker and not the consumer because they uh what did they say? Says yeah. They rejected challenges to bakers who had refused to bake cakes with cakes with messages they found to be offensive. So there's no indication that the offensive thing was like based on a protected class. In the example that I propose, you know, I think that helps us kind of like understand better what they're trying to say here is that like there's something offensive on this cake, like they want me to write a swear word. And they're saying in that case, okay, business, you have the right to reject them. Because you don't, uh, you you find the messaging to be offensive, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you're wondering why we're talking about cakes, you know, um, it's not just about the person, the individual who's making the cake, like their beliefs, their religious beliefs. There's a larger issue at play, which is the idea that art is a form of communication, and your art, your services, your products that you're producing can be a form of expression and communication um so you know that is that is one of the cases that i think that the right tends to point to when they're saying that business owners have rights and that's true they do have rights but it doesn't mean that they have rights to discriminate against other businesses um on the basis of of or sorry rights to discriminate against other individuals on the basis of their protected class okay um so to be clear in that case the case the the Supreme court declined Mm -hmm. to make a ruling on the first amendment rights of the Baker. They, they instead found the other part of the first amendment, um, that there was a violation by the state of the separation of church and state requirement of the first amendment. Okay. So they didn't make a ruling on whether or not the Baker had the right to discriminate based on their religious beliefs. Um, Okay, so I mentioned that some states are allowed, or states in general, are allowed to create more expansive protection than the federal uh, rules, um, and they can't loosen it. So in California, we do classify sexual orientation as a protected class. In Washington, where they also classify sexual orientation as a protected class, there's a case uh, with a florist who refused to provide services to a longtime customer for that customer's same-sex marriage. Um, this case has gone to the Supreme court twice and they have declined to hear the case every time. So that means that the court is basically deferring to the state's finding that state's finding. Okay. Um, do you want to yeah. recap this one? Yep. So the Washington Supreme court said that providing or refusing to provide
1: flowers for a wedding quote, does not inherently express a message about that wedding end quote, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: um, in this case, just to recap to the, the Supreme court, um, did find that the floral designer was discriminating on the, ra- on the basis of the protected class. So that's one finding the Supreme court said, uh, providing or refusing to provide flowers for a wedding does not inherently express a message about that wedding. Okay. What's the next one? And the state also told the court that the florist
1: refuses to prepare any flower arrangement for the wedding of a gay or lesbian couple, even if the arrangement is identical to one the shop's employees would prepare for a heterosexual couple. So it's um, thus clear that their objection is not to any message sent by the flowers themselves, but rather to the message they perceive would be sent by serving a gay couple. That's what the lawyer said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, You know, we'll walk through that one a little bit slower. And I know that these concepts are like, they're tricky, Um, you know, especially for us who are kind of rusty from law school, Yeah, (laughs) been a little while. Um, But what they're saying is that you're producing a uh, arrangement. Let's say you're producing an arrangement, right? And you can make identical arrangements. The work that you're producing is not in itself an expression that is um, specific to the issue that you're discriminating against because you're already you're doing that same thing, that same product for maybe a heterosexual couple, but you're refusing to do that same product for a homosexual couple. And therefore you cannot say that the expression from the services would promote or not promote gay marriages because it's literally the same expression that you're giving to a heterosexual couple. Okay. So that's a clear example of, like, treating someone differently, providing services and treating someone differently um, on the basis of of the one different thing, which is um, same-sex marriages.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know, like, we talked about an example could be um, something like if the floral designer um, maybe was willing to make flowers for you know, like a different event, just like, oh, like, you know, I want to get my partner um, flowers for our anniversary, or that's not a good a good example of like flowers, no, like just the Christmas party, let's say Christmas that they party. wanted
0: to do the Christmas party. Yeah. Um, so that's right. it. Like
1: a photographer, yeah, wants to take photos, is willing to take photos of a same sex couple at their Christmas party, but doesn't want to take photos of their marriage of their wedding, because, you know, the wedding is the part that um she doesn't agree with. And her photos, when you know, the
0: Expression that um it would say, promote but. the <laughs> idea of an institution that this person does not believe in. So that is an expression, and and that's important because like this person is providing services to that gay couple. Um, they're not saying I won't,
1: I won't yeah. provide any services to the gay couple. Let me. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I think that the it, it, it's tricky. Uh, let's compare it to. So there's like. There is clear expression, right? Like objective clear ex- expression, which I think with your words, with your photographs, something that you can clearly kind of get the communication. There is that secondary expression with things like the cake, the flower, like just by the by the you know, from the business's point of view, just by participating at all in this institution is against my belief in this institution existing mm-hmm. for these people right? So let's take it back because I think floral design is not necessarily um, a, f- a first degree expression. I think photos clearly communicate something different than than floral design. It's like, I, I don't think that there's um, any kind of like vagueness around that. So yeah. if you were designing flowers for, I mean, this person said that they were a longtime customer. So they, they've they purchased flowers from this floral designer before, right? Um, I think it's Again, these cases are super tough to understand because you're dealing with like double, triple negatives here. Um, but they, this is their floors that they go to. They said, we love your work. We want you to do our wedding as well. This person saying, no, <laughs> I don't want to do your wedding um, because it, it, what did they, did they even recite religion for this one? Uh,
1: no, no, that's a good question.
0: <laughs> I don't even know they cited religion for this, but... Let, Basically the court said because it's not inherently expressive, mm-hmm. right? That was one thing. Floral design is not inherently expressive of communicating um your your standpoint on the issue. That's why it's kind of important to think about them in secondary and you know, first degree, second degree, third degree of communication and what your product is. Um and because they would, you know, the the cert so that's number one, flowers are not inherently expressive, that communication. Number two, um, the whole thing with identical services. So you would provide identical, you know, that that message, that thing that you're claiming to be a message, that expression, you are making that exact same expression, but you're providing it to somebody else and not this person. And that's where the discrimination comes in. Okay. um yeah and i did check it was um she did cite religious beliefs the floors yeah 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 okay Mm -hmm. um so yeah i know that's a kind of a tough thing to kind of like wrap your head around so feel free to pause (laughs) and kind of listen to that part again um i know we've been talking about this a lot and trying to like make sure that we really understand where the this is what lawyering is like it's finding where all those little details make all the difference. Yeah. Uh, so um, you know, the so recapping, you've got the baker case, right? Where the baker is refusing to create the cake on the basis of its belief, its religious belief, um, that this institution does not exist for, for same-sex couples. And then you've got the floral designer who is refusing to do that because they're saying that this is expressive as well. The baker case does not even get to First Amendment rights. The Baker case does not even touch the issue of whether or not they are right or wrong to provide services or not provide services to the same-sex couple. Instead, the court is saying, you, the state, improperly um, were hostile to religion, which is a protected class. Okay, so that one, we're going to toss that one out and say no, no information from that one. Okay. The the floral case, you know, this is the one that says you have a protected class. You have two protected classes. You've got religion on one hand, and you have same-sex couples on the other hand, sexual orientation, right? And in this case, when you do have two protected classes, you have to kind of look at, okay, well, what is the expression, right? What are you saying? Um. So going back to the recap of the two cases. Um, So the Washington case. So like, so in the Washington floral case, you know, if the reason for refusing service is to protest or not recognize the rights of a protected class, based on this Washington case, in order to enforce the First Amendment rights, the service or good must be something that communicates or inherently communicates a message about the wedding or the class itself. Um, But keep in mind that this applies to that state. So Washington, because it it would be binding in Washington because that's a Washington Supreme Court case. And the federal, the Supreme Court of the United States of America, um, declined to take that one up. Okay. Um, So what does this mean for your business? To be really clear, you can still refuse service on the basis of non-protected pretenses. Okay. The client is a jerk the client is not a good fit for your business the client is vegan okay. um you know that that those are not protected classes and you're able to freely discriminate against if you want to um you know that's like a bare minimum bottom line of course in your business you need to be really diplomatic and you need to think about what does your brand mean what what does your brand embody? So what should you do instead? I think we all are familiar with the concept of like attract and repel, right? Your vibe attracts your tribe. You really want to be clear and honest about your priorities and what your branding and your message is. If your message is secular, right? Like you don't want to talk about your personal beliefs or your religious beliefs or or whatever. Um, And your messaging is really more about like the type of clientele that you work with. Uh, Maybe they um, are in a certain like socioeconomic class, right? And maybe there's a same-sex couple that's in that same economic class and they want to work with you. What do you do? I think that, you know, there's two ways about this and you're going to get there are going to be businesses out there who want to turn down working with that couple for the, for the purposes of making a statement. Right. And then there are going to be people who are uncomfortable working that wedding because they sincerely believe um that they, you know, they don't, they just don't want to do this work and they're not trying to make a political statement, but they are just declining. Right. Um there is no case right now. There's, there's no clear consensus about, you know, one religious class, like protected class of religion, overriding the rights of another protected class of sexual orientation. And I think that that's kind of, that's the gray area. That's where we are right now for the, for the folks who don't want to be the poster child for that. Right. Like I I think, you know, like I said, there are other um, pretenses for which you could exclude um, based on non-protected classes. Um, But, you know, regarding the position that a business wants to refuse services or goods on the basis of sexual orientation, we decline to discuss ways to discriminate against a protected class in a safe or legal way. That's our First Amendment right. We're going to (laughs) enforce our First Amendment right to, like, not talk about, like, how to get around this. Mm-hmm. You no, know? um, I think people should really focus on who do you want to work with? Name it. You know, we, we do the exercise of like, what does this client look like? How old are they? Where do they shop? What do they do on the weekends? What, you know, like, uh, and by what do they do on the weekends? That could mean they go to church on Sunday. That could mean that they go to birthday parties every fucking weekend because <laughs> they have like young children, you know, like, Knowing your client and marketing to them is probably going to be the best way for you to avoid a situation that you don't want to be in, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is a super tricky topic. And we really want to um celebrate inclusion with the understanding that like businesses are so personal in many ways. Small businesses are very personal. And in the same way that we recognize all the businesses that are inclusive and want to do work with same-sex marriages. um, It's a little bit of a two-way street, right? So I don't know. Any thoughts, Deanna? This is a really confusing episode. I know. Yeah, I know that this one's tough. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, right. If you turn
1: it around, um, I think another of us might would want to be forced to to um, do something that we didn't believe in, um, exactly. But at the same time, yeah, you know, you don't want to trample on someone else's rights or discriminate against them. So it's really hard. Yeah,
0: it is is really hard. Like I yeah. like I wouldn't want to do work for a clan member. You know, yeah. If they sought me out for legal services or photography service, I would not want to work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that is very antithetical to my position and my like beliefs my moral beliefs. Right. Um, and I'm not even sending religion. I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> like that's not not what I support at all. Um and I wouldn't want to be forced to do that mm-hmm. on the basis of them having like a protected class if they want to like claim that it's religion or whatever. Right. Like I want my freedom to to do business how I want to do business. Yeah, yeah I know. That's like, you know, why most small businesses, right? Like
1: small business owners go into business in the first place is to really get to pick and choose who they want to do business with but you know then we see the import the importance of the anti-discrimination laws like they're super important and they're without them right like (laughs) it would be horrible yeah so
0: yeah yeah i mean that's the reason that there are like anti-discrimination laws and like how like the states that create more protections um how how do they identify what classes should be considered protected like i've I made a joke about vegans but also like maybe vegans would be very um offended by what i just said <laughs> you know and maybe they feel like they should be a protected class um so you know how the states decide is is something to think about as well mm-hmm. yeah i don't know this is a tough episode this might not be our best <laughs> sorry guys this one's a little bit rough but i think that that's the problem like that's why there's no consensus there's no decision on this yet there's no clarity as to like does religion trump same-sex orientation um same-sex weddings yeah, yeah like where do you draw the line that's the hardest part yeah yeah where do you draw <laughs> the line that's another yeah. thing yeah um i'm curious to know what other people's thoughts are and, and i like we have a lot of clients and listeners who are definitely um, pro same-sex marriages, and we love that. We know your side of the <laughs> coin. I'm I'm really curious and um, you know, very very open to hearing the other side of the of the argument. Like I know how I would feel if I was asked to do something that I don't want to do. Um, I also know how I would handle that. You know, so. I don't know. I'm curious. Anything, Diana? did we, <laughs> Did I mess anything up here? Do you want to clarify anything? No, I think, yeah, I think the, like you said, the,
1: the overall thing is that there, this hasn't actually been ruled on. So I think there is a lot of probably confusion with that Baker case where people think the su- Supreme Court did rule in favor of the Baker, but not really, I think a lot of people probably possibly missed the point that yeah. they didn't really rule on that. They just, um, so that the the law like the the state was being um hostile the state to was the wrong budget. yeah <laughs> yeah
0: the Baker is not right they're not saying yeah. that the Baker is right they're saying that the state was wrong yeah um and yeah that's right I think that a lot of like um pro the pro-religion side points to that case and says look we can discriminate like we mm-hmm. are allowed to enforce our rights to religion and not serve same-sex mm-hmm. couples but that's not what that case says mm-hmm. yeah is so that the case the state was wrong in the way that they enforced their law. Um, by disregarding another protected class. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I hope people found that that case was interesting, or like this, the case review is interesting because I think there's so much that is just headline-based news. You know, mm-hmm. people reading just the headlines. Um. But yeah, it's it's pretty complicated. It's very complex. It's not something like that's why it's still a question mark right now. And you know, I think it's clear what side we're on, and and I have. Big concerns about these cases being taken up again um by a very right-winged supreme court you know who would have thought that like roe v wade would be overturned like if you asked me in 20 2008 like do you think that would ever be overturned no way like not yeah yeah. who are you kidding but (laughs) in 2008 that's when the right the right was really lobbying and building all of their pieces to get it overturned in 2023, so that's when pieces were already set into motion. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, we're gonna end it there because I, yeah. I don't want to like drag <laughs> it on and then like have people feel like. <laughs> um, what did this turn into? Yep. <laughs> um, but let us know. I, I think that, um, this is a question that's probably been on a lot of people's minds uh, about, especially about the cases and like, how should they proceed if there is a client that comes to them that, uh, they don't know how to say no to, right? Like that's usually the questions that we get. Yeah. So hope you liked it. We'll be back next week and see you soon. And before we go, there's a few things you should know. Founders speakers for educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as legal advice. Always consult an attorney licensed in your state if you need legal help. In some states, like California, this podcast may be considered attorney advertising.